A community is a pool of assets. Businesses are created by a process called capitalization. This process of starting a business refers to the targeted investing of assets. Capital is assembled for a specific purpose and aligned to produce a defined end. We call this process of starting a business, private enterprise. A business is not a sovereign entity, however. A corporation needs to operate as an organ of the state or unofficial representative of the state or it will be disassembled by rogue elements. It cannot have independent status or be unaffiliated with the state and survive criminal elements. We do not consider a community as a business, yet there are parallels. But a community is more complex and more loosely managed than a business. Regardless of the political system, a business is the product of a people and a reflection of the community it is in. Some part of the resources of a community have been dedicated to the business. The people of that community come together in a business to cooperate in producing a particular product or service. As such, regardless of the political system, a business is always managed for the good of the community. The operation of a business creates value. This value produced by a business in a community is called equity. Equity is ultimately a measure of the value a business has in a community. Managers of a business work to increase the equity of the investment made in concert with the members of the community it is in. It is by investments being managed that businesses add value to the assets worked on by people and community. When this is done right, equity is added to assets and the community is made more prosperous. The church is viewed as part of society and part of the overall process of building a community. But there are many who think the church is little more than a hindrance to progress. From a purely technical point of view, building and maintaining a church is a drain on resources. Churches were at one time a serious drain on the productive energies of a community. The effort if took to build churches could have been expended building factories, homes, and the elements of infrastructure. No doubt the Gothic age with its accent on building cathedrals slowed the introduction of industrialization. If we look at the nature of a church, it does not fit into the state paradigm or a state-centered agenda. Every institution in the state serves the purpose of the state, to some degree. In this context there are people who claim the church pacifies the people and makes them compliant to the will of the state. If this was so the state would be more aggressive in its protections. At best, the state serves as a neutral observer and at worst, a proponent of secularism. Communists, which are keen supporters of the centralization of state power, see no need for the church and in fact are its biggest opponent. The reality is that Christians are orderly because of their faith, but the errors in thinking orderliness is a first-order principle in the priorities of the state. The state wants people who obey the law, but this includes whatever the law is. The order of Christians is irrespective of the law, and this poses problems for states, especially communist ones. The state needs to be physical. The government views itself as the source of all influences and effects. Subjects are the result of the laws and regulatory activities of the state. It brooks no interference in its social agenda. 
it was no obstructions to its social engineering. We talk of church and state as two different things, because there is a tension between them. In a real sense there is a level of incompatibility that prevents full assimilation of church and state. There is a struggle over the two personas of man, represented by these two great paradigms. The state owns the flesh of man, and the church owns his spirit. We see physical persons participating in the services of a physical church. But we are told that the true church is invisible. Which causes us to question what is happening when we see people gather in a physical church. There is nothing invisible about this. But what is the church, the building, or the people inside, or neither? Assets are visible. The value added to assets are not. The visible church is the assets dedicated to God, but these are not the true church, which is spiritual. Information is analytical and spiritual and unseen. We read the words and hear the sounds, but this is not the information, this is the signal that carries the information. We see the building and the worshippers, but this is not the church, these are the physical things that carry the spirit. The church is in the equity we add to the things of God, as a community of believers. This is where things become difficult, because if we are aligned with secularists and if our activity is regulated by the state, who are we creating value for? If the state appropriates the value we create to use to build up Babylon, where is the church? We read about the Tower of Babel as a real, physical thing. It had its physical correlate in the historic Babylon. But it is not the physical thing that we ought to be concerned about. Babylon is a symbol of mankind devoting all of his work and labor to the building up of a system alienated from God. The believer cannot sell his labor to secular institutions and then give a tiny fraction of this to a secular organized institution and call himself a Christian. The value we create through our work must be pure and undefiled by the regulatory apparatus of the secular state. Christians must come together as a unity of faith. Christians work together for the good of each other. The community of believers is the church. The church must be private. We cannot claim to be working in faith if we are working under the law. The ideas are not compatible. There can be only one master. We can only work and process assets to benefit the church and the people of God or do it to the glory of the flesh. Even a dollar can only go one way at any one time. We can spend it to benefit the spiritual or the flesh. That being said, every time we use an asset-based currency we favor the secular system. To fully privatize the church, we need a private unit of account. The idea is to block access to our wealth. To use public funds to develop private assets makes them part of the public sphere. When three or more come together in faith they form a church. But this is a technical description. To come together in faith is to rely on the integrity of the other, rather than the regulatory power of the state. The truth is, if we maintain the state as a resource, we lack faith in our fellow believers. This is not to say everyone that volunteers to join the church is a fellow believer. There are wolves in sheep's clothing. 
but if the exposure is based on a privatized currency, faith is still possible. Access to assets is only through the economy of the church. Purchases create debits and debits impose an obligation on the account holder to liquidate the debt with acts that add value to his account. Purchases create debits and sales create credits, which cancel each other out. The account of Christians ought to trend towards zero. This is a precondition of being Christian. This is a condition for living an orderly life. We cannot claim what we did not create. We cannot permit claims against what we created. Private property is absolute, and no one is to be alienated from the value he or she produced. It is not the asset that is ours, it is the value. The asset can be taken but the value must be retained until spent. This is why the church utilizes equity as a currency and not assets. Assets can be stolen or lost. Assets represent a liability for this reason. This is why assets cannot be truly owned. Assets never belong to us. All assets were created by God and therefore, are owned by God. We are the creators of liabilities when we claim what belongs to God. Because this claim is fictitious it cannot be validated. What we claim that belongs to God is always exposed to threats of loss. The key to forming a private church is to privatize our own holdings, to divest ourselves of our fictitious claims to God's creation. But we cannot shift the ownership of these assets to the secular world, so the only option is to give these things to the church. All non-personal possessions are given as credit to the church. The credit is debited by a transfer of equity to the account of the investor. In other words, Assets are transferred to the account of the church and this balance liquidated by a deposit of equity equal to the investment. In this way the church is put on a fully privatized footing. This is accomplished by privatizing publicly owned goods. Meaning the liabilities of the community and nation have declined in the same amount and to the same degree as private ownership advanced.